0: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com/socks. Welcome to the American Pipeline Podcast, presented by BetMGM and Mackenzie Hockey. I am Mike Stevens. This is Sydney Wolf from the Rink Live. Sydney Youngstown has won the Clark Cup. It happened.
1: It did. It happened, and we said last week it was kind of uh, in surprising fashion. I feel like it's not often you get to the the championship match where it's like a best of however many game series and whatever league, and then someone just comes in and sweeps it. I feel like that's not doesn't doesn't happen very often. So I think everybody was a, a little surprised, not because Youngstown was bad or anything, but just because it was it was kind of crazy. So you know Fargo kind of cursed a little bit. I think people said, you know, that curse of winning the regular season came into play maybe a little bit. I don't know. So I was really excited. Uh, I tried to watch that uh, game. There was a bunch of games going on this weekend at the same time. So I had a bunch of different like tabs open on my computer to watch all these different games, but I was watching it. And yeah, I don't know. Youngstown must have just been super excited about being in the Clark Cup and they just they sweep the best five series 3-0. so they just win all three and and they they take the cup right away. So, honestly, uh, just a huge huge two weeks for them, and they just played like awesome. So that was kind of surprising, but cool to see.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you, I can't remember the last time there's been a sweep in the in the Stanley Cup final. Like I, I think, what do we have to go back to? Like I believe Florida got swept the last time they did, and that was 96, the year I was born. Um, so I literally can't remember, but that's, that's remarkable. Why don't we start with just kind of going down the list of, of, you know, key contributors in the series, I guess, starting with Andon Sirbonne, um, who just seemed to really uh, uh, put a stamp on the game
1: yeah and I mean, he had the the lone goal. It was kind of strange, actually, that final third game was just one to zero. It wasn't like a high scoring game or anything. Um, there was only one goal, and that that decided the whole entire game, which was kind of crazy. So it was just him, and I was watching this play too. It was kind of you know an unfortunate play if you're Fargo, because uh, Fargo was back in their own zone. One of their defensemen, I assume tries to make a pass out of the zone up towards up towards the middle of the ice, towards the forward. And uh, here comes Andon Serbone, who just must have knew exactly where that pass was going because he just swooped it right up and then just wasn't too far away from the goal at that point and then just shot to score. So that was the only goal of the game uh, was he just swooped up a pass that was meant for Fargo-to-Fargo player, grabbed it, intercepted it, shot scored Uh, and I just realized this actually so he's a Quinnipiac commit and the guy he scored on for Fargo was actually uh, his future teammate in goal so I bet that might uh, be kind of funny for them maybe in the next few years if they are at Quinnipiac and being like dang dude why did you why did you have to score that one against (laughs) me man I mean because that's uh, that'd be kind of kind of I don't know hard if you're like okay well I'm glad for him because we're gonna play together at some point," but. Yeah, that was definitely a tough one, but he was just awesome. I mean, he had a massive um, playoff run. He had nine points in nine games, so he was really good all year too. But, I mean, he just had, I don't know, some players it seems like just really like that pressure and like playing in playoffs and like trying to to do their best and and win a championship. And he just did awesome. I mean, he had an awesome season anyway. But, yeah, five goals, four assists over nine games, he was just – he was kind of on fire, and yeah, he got uh, the one goal that that won it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you talk about it, it was only one goal, which means on the other side, there was a goalie who was kind of standing on his head, and that happened to be Jacob Fowler with a 22-save shutout.
1: Yeah, and Jacob Fowler, he also had you know a really good season, obviously, but just another guy that really took off in the playoffs this year. Uh, I mean, that's kind of all of Youngstown if you look at it. They all were good, but they just – really, really did good once they once they were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna try to win the cup here. And he was awesome. He had a shutout in that game. I think for him, he really is, you know, as much as he could towards the end of the season is just boosting his draft stock for this summer like game by game. Um he's six two, so he's got pretty decent size also. So I think he's definitely gonna hear his name um called and a team's gonna want him because he was really good in the playoffs he was really good in the regular season um he had a ton of wins this year and had a really good save percentage and shut out in the in the cup clinching game so he was just awesome and then a couple other players I put on here too like Will Whitelaw I think really established himself as a as a great player I mean he's a guy where i look at his draft rankings i guess for for this summer and they're kind of all over the place some people have him ranked higher some people have him ranked a little lower like he's gonna get drafted but it's kind of like well where i don't know but he also was really good and he had 36 i think it was or like 36 regular season goals or something yeah which is insane it's really good so i think he really solidified himself and then uh Edmonton picked two Shane Lachance also was was awesome we talked about him recently so literally last episode i believe yeah like literally an episode ago so yeah. just everybody on youngstown seemed to just like really step up when it came time for them to be like okay we can we we can win this so everybody did really good and i think there's some draft prospects on there that really uh, winning the cup probably put a little bit more attention on them and maybe might boost them up a couple of spots on, on where they get chosen this summer. But yeah, really interesting. I mean, the Phantoms come out, they sweep it three zero and they have the cup now. So kind of crazy and just props to everybody on their team. Cause they played really well.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, look with, uh, with Shane Lachance, like, That's the, that's the one thing the Edmonton Oilers are missing is high end talent, clearly. So, you know, just an embarrassment of riches. It seems like they have. Um, (laughs) All right. Moving on to the NCAA. We got our, we got our news. We were speculating all last episode, whether or not Logan Cooley was going to come back and lo and behold, he is, Uh, you know, it it shouldn't have been too much of a surprise given the, the chaos that's surrounding the Arizona Coyotes as an organization um, but yeah, Logan Cooley is coming back for another year of hockey. He's joining Bryce Brzezinski, Justin Close, Jimmy Snugroot, and Jackson Nelson, uh, who are are returning. Huge names, uh, specifically with Cooley. What does this mean?
1: Yeah, that's just insane. We literally said last episode, like, it's it's coming soon, and I think it was... Either later that day after we recorded, like later that night or the next day, so it was right around when we recorded our last pod, he announced he's coming back. I think it was, I think it was that day after they announced the Arizona news or something like that. Um, so I assume that probably played a part in in his de- decision. For him, he might as well come back. I mean, he was so close to winning the Hobie this year. He might as well just come back tear it up again you might as well try and try and win it and the gophers too they have so many good players coming back you already listed off a bunch of them so if you already got a bunch of these good guys coming back you made the national championship game I mean you got a lot of the same people so I mean it it looks it's not like he's coming back to a team that's losing a bunch of people he's coming back to a team that's retaining a lot of the talent so a lot of those guys announced they're coming back I know one too that hasn't signed or said he's coming back at Ryan Johnson. Uh, I believe he has to sign with Buffalo because if he doesn't, then I think he.
0: They lose his rights. Yeah. They lose yeah. his
1: rights. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I believe um, that
0: the deadline for that is August 15th.
1: It's it's sometime later this summer. I so I believe it's
0: August 15th. 15th. I it think, might be something
1: yeah. we have to like wait and like watch on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what he's gonna do. I assume he would probably sign, but if all of your like best players on your team are like, we're coming back, maybe that kind of makes you think about it a little bit, I guess. If like all of the best players are like, we're coming back, we're coming back. Um, so I don't know. And then it's in some less huge coming back news, but I know St. Lawrence too announced two other guys, Cam Buell and Josh Boyer are, re- are returning to. So a couple of returning news bits are starting to come into play for college hockey, but Logan Cooley, obviously like the huge one of last week. So huge. If you're a Minnesota fan.
0: Absolutely huge. Yeah. And, and you know, we have, we have some other returning players here, obviously, you know, St. Lawrence with that St. Lawrence announced that Cam Buell uh, and Josh Boyer returning for fifth year. Um, pretty big.
1: Yeah, again, just like – again, they're not like huge top-level players like Logan Cooley, but it always it's always fun for your team if you're like, oh, we get to see these guys one more time. Uh, and both of those guys didn't really seem like they were, I don't think, ready to make that next step yet. And if you're a college hockey player, you're probably like, um, yeah, I want to come back for a fifth year. Like, why would I not? Why not? Um, exactly. Yeah, unless you're getting like a, a big – somebody that really wants to sign you for a lot of money, you might as well. So good news for them too. Uh, they're, they're keeping back two players that have a lot of experience and coming back for a fifth year.
0: Love to see it. All right. Well, there's some other news we can tackle here, starting with uh long Island university, um, you know, bit of a, a not as well-known program, but they got a nice little player in Anthony Vincent uh, who really played well for the San Jose Barracuda uh, which is the AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks towards the end of the year. And he's now signed an AHL deal uh, for next season. So congratulations, Anthony Vincent. Anthony Vincent. That is pretty great.
1: Yeah, he was really good. He was one of those guys that kind of just randomly took off in, in college hockey this past year. He played for Holy Cross originally and it did like fine, but he wasn't necessarily like a crazy good player stats wise or anything. And then he transferred to Long Island for his fifth year. And had over a point per game, just decided to explode, I guess. Um, so kind of just one of those players who I think just randomly took off this last year. But yeah, then he joined the Barracuda for 14 games and did pretty good. So they ended up uh, signing him for next year. And then I just saw recently too that the Barracuda also signed Ethan Fresh, who played for North Dakota for next year as well. So a couple guys uh, that they'll have in their pipeline, and I think both of those guys are good prospects to have if. If you're a San Jose fan and, and like seeing who they have in their pipeline.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, here we go. We have uh, Cole Christian of Duluth East High School, you know, some Minnesota high school stuff right down your alley, Sydney, um, which is great. He is uh, committed to Air Force. Uh, he's a smaller guy. But again, as we've said on the show, we, we don't hate on our short kings.
1: Yeah, so there we had a little bit of Minnesota high school commitment news here at the end of the season and yeah, he's definitely not the biggest guy. He's only listed as 5 foot 8, but he was another guy too that really just had a an awesome like yeah, he was a senior in high school this year, had a had a huge season. He had 69 points in 28 games, which is Really, really big. So he had this huge season, committed to Air Force, so he got that Division One commitment. He's going to be in their pipeline. He did sign a NAHL tender with Anchorage for next year, so I assume he's probably got uh, a year or two of junior hockey before he heads off to Air Force, but I think that's going to be a really good recruit for them because he's proven that he can be uh, an elite scorer, at the at least at the high school level, and uh, we'll see how he does in the NOL next year.
0: I don't care what level you're at. Scoring over two points per game in any level—that that's a good sign. It's
1: pretty good, yeah. That's so a pretty good, good for sign.
0: him. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Then we got Jake Toll, uh, Rosemount High School, committed to Minnesota Duluth. So you know, all Minnesota.
1: Yeah, and this one just came yesterday, so I thought I'd mention this one. And this guy, I think, is going to become uh, more and more of a, a bigger name here. He's also a big guy, six foot three, left shot defenseman. Um, finished up his senior season of high school this year with over a point per game. And then he actually joined the, the NAHL after the season. And he did really good there too. He had eight points in 13 games. uh, And if I'm remembering correctly, he was taken fairly high in the phase two USHL draft. So I assume he would probably be one of those guys who would be playing USHL next year and then headed to UMD eventually. But another guy that I think is probably a, a pretty good, pick and for UMD it's a bigger defenseman who also has put up some points so a good player to have and uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see that he committed to UMD so that was cool
0: absolutely right now we got uh, uh, Griffin Jarecki Uh, he's flipped his commitment he was going to Denver now he's going to Michigan State boy oh boy
1: yeah we had a couple of flipped commitments and I think just at the end of the season now with colleges kind of looking at who they have on their you know pipeline their recruits list with the transfer portal it's like okay are we going to bring in some transfers how many spots do we have are guys coming back for their fifth year so everybody's kind of looking at their roster how many spots they have and sometimes You know, some guys might want to go into college this upcoming year not play another year of juniors. Uh, And I assume that was probably the case for for Griffin. It sounds like he's likely going to Michigan State for this fall. He wouldn't have to because he does have another year of junior eligibility, but he's already played like three full USHL seasons. So I assume he probably wants to move on. Um, So I would assume he's planning to be at Michigan State for this next year. He's a five foot ten forward, and he had 25 points this year in the USHL. He played for Omaha this year and then played the past two years for Lincoln. He's also from Michigan, so I'm sure for him it was probably cool to, to get a commitment from a school that's in his home state. Uh, so I assume he's going to be uh, headed there this fall. And, uh, yeah, Denver has kind of a long list of commits, so maybe they were like it's it might be better for you to, to go somewhere you can go in this fall or something like that.
0: Absolutely. All right. Now we also got Martin's Lovins. He's flipped his commitment, another flip from St. Cloud to New Hampshire. So we got, we got some flip flopping in here.
1: Yeah. This one, I wasn't too surprised about either just being a St. Cloud fan. And I know a lot about the, the people in their pipeline. They have a lot of forward and center commits right now. And I just think for him, another guy who probably wants to, move on to college this fall because he just finished up his second full year in the USHL. So I assume he probably wanted to to move on to college hockey this fall. So I assume he's going to be going to New Hampshire uh, coming up in just a few months here. He just finished up with Cedar Rapids. He played two years there. He had 24 points in 50 games this year. Mostly played center. He's six foot, and he played in the World Junior Cup for, for Latvia the past few years. So, a uh, good international player there. And unfortunately, I don't think Saint Cloud had a spot for him this year. And even next year, I know they have a lot of forward recruits. So, probably good for him to to make the move to somewhere that can bring him in right away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, here we are moving on to the Noll. We don't talk about the Noll a lot, but every once in a while, we gotta uh, we gotta talk to uh, talk about the Noll, especially when you go to the game. Uh, it's the Oklahoma Warriors who won the Nalls Robertson Cup. Uh, so pretty big. Let's let's run down a couple of the big sort of names from that, uh, you know, from the game. See and see what's going on with
1: them. Yeah, normally we don't have time to like fit in a lot of NAHL news, but you know what? I mean, they finished up their their season. They had their championship here in Minnesota, so I was able to go watch a bunch of the games and they do have a ton of players committed to play D one. So, I mean, they're, they are in the American pipeline. We just usually don't have a ton of time to talk about their news, but the Oklahoma warriors won, they beat the, the Austin Bruins and then the other two teams that made the top four were the Minnesota Wilderness and the Maryland Black Bears. So kind of teams from two Minnesota teams and then one from Oklahoma, one from Maryland. So kind of a little bit of all over. But it's always fun to kind of see who's committed and who's not on these null rosters. I think uh, two guys that definitely – I think probably probably should earn Division One commitments after this. Uh, William Lawson Body and Brenton Williams—they're both O twos, so they don't have any more junior eligibility left after this season. But they played awesome, and they both just worked their butts off this weekend when I watched them. So I hope a I hope a D one team uh, gives them a chance because they were both really really good this weekend. Both guys that aren't the biggest guys, so maybe that's maybe why they didn't have you know a, a ton of attention before this. But they both played awesome. Um, both goalies in the final, Daniel Duris, I believe, who's from Slovakia, and then Trent Weemkin, both uncommitted, and I thought they both had good, good performances. Uh, St. Cloud State recruit Isaac Posh played for the Wilderness. I thought he looked good too, and then uh, some other players on the All-Tournament team to look forward to: Owen Baumgartner, he's an Air Force commit; Jack Malinsky of Austin, uh, he's a Vermont commit. Then just a couple other players for for Austin I thought were good too. Walter Zacker, who's gonna play for Robert Morris. I thought he played really good and was kind of just all over the ice and and playing really good. And then there was a a pair of twins, actually, the Brassard twins. They were really good also uncommitted so I was like going and see who's committed see who's not and there's always a couple of really good players that come out of the null every year that end up being awesome at the college hockey level so I assume we'll see uh, a couple of these players be be big names here in the next year or two
0: absolutely all right going back to the USHL um you know it seems like the trade the trade meter for them the trade sort of market it is never never sleeping never quiet it's always going um and you know just a we always wonder What are future considerations? What happens when future considerations you know reach the future? What what are these considerations? Well, we've now we now you know can put a face to the name. Um Madison, as part of an earlier trade, receives Chris Delaney and the rights to Harper Searles, uh and Joey Marcina, Marcina, either one. One of the you know, I'm not gonna I get roasted for the name, I get roasted for the name. Out from the Chicago Steel, it was it was in uh you know, just part of the uh an earlier Quinn Finley trade, but we finally see. You know, the 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 considerations into the future.
1: Yeah, there's been a couple of these. These are the ones where in the past weeks it's like it seems funny because they happen during the kind of like the playoffs. So it seems odd, but a lot of the times it's just the future considerations happening <laughs> at the end of the year. And this is kind of another thing too, where it's teams looking at their roster, who do they have for next year, who's moving on to college, who's staying and playing there. So it's kind of just teams looking at who they have for next year and sort of. Shifting things around. Who wants to go? Where does this player still want to play here? Do they want to move somewhere else? Like all of those different things. So Madison receives a a couple of players here and kind of interesting. So Chris Delaney, who was that first player, he's actually a younger guy, but he's already played two full USHL seasons. So I assume he's going to bring some experience and is going to be a regular in their lineup. Again, not the biggest guy, only listed as like 5'8, 5'9, but he's put up some points. He had 28 in in 60 games this year for Chicago. So, a guy that's going to bring some experience. He's already played a lot of USHL games, so he's going to know what he's doing. And then these other two are going to be newer players, and I don't know if they're going to be in Madison the full time or not. So, kind of an example of that is Harper Searles, one of those players who is now, you know, writes to Madison. He's actually a guy who is going to be a senior in high school this upcoming year, and he's from Minnesota. So it's kind of like that um, debacle of is he going to be playing his high school senior year or is he going to decide to make that jump to the USHL and go there instead? It's always a tough decision for players. Um, He's been really, really good at the high school level. He had 67 points in 27 games this past year, so a really great player. Um, He had 20 goals, but he's currently uncommitted, so we'll see if he decides you know, USHL might be better for him this year, or maybe he's going to try and do a before and after the season he'll play with them. And then that last player involved in that trade is another younger guy. Uh, Joey McCrina I think is how you say his name. Another guy that's not huge, um, not bringing a ton of size, but another <clears throat> good forward. And uh, he's actually from Pennsylvania and played for the Long Island goals this last year. So they get one kind of experienced prospect, and then they get two younger guys in that trade. So Madison kind of uh, getting getting some prospects here and probably trying to figure out who's going to be on their, on their roster for this upcoming season.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, you know, we have now reached the time of the show where we go through a team's American pipeline of prospects, um, and we've now reached the Los Angeles Kings. We are just ripping through these teams. Um, starting with the Los Angeles Kings, and we're going to start with an absolute physical monster. Um, that they have on their back end. It is Jack Sparks uh, from Muskegon with the USHL. This guy is six foot seven, 229 pounds. He's a sixth round pick from in 2022 from Ottawa. Holy smokes, that guy. That guy is a unit, uh, more of a shutdown guy, as you say here, but you know, size uh, size will buy you a lot in the NHL.
1: Yeah, this guy is huge. He's listed as six seven. I'm looking on his elite prospects page, but I read a report that also said six eight. So I'm not really sure, but he's a huge dude, six foot seven, two hundred and twenty-nine pounds, right shot defenseman. Um, yeah, he's a he's a really big guy. And obviously, uh, if you're looking for a guy that's just a big defenseman who's more of just that defensive defenseman. This is probably a, a, a pretty good bet, especially if you're looking to add some size to your blue line. Again, you know, not a guy who's going to be bringing you a ton of points, more of that defensive guy. He had a goal and six assists this year, or I guess seven assists. He got traded midway through the year. So in the USHL this season, so he had technically like eight points over the year. He played a couple games for Lincoln and then got traded to Muskegon. Um is a little bit more of a gritty player though, 133 penalty minutes this year. So definitely maybe a little bit more physical too. Um, You know, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. It says he's committed here to Michigan state. You know, is he going to head there this fall? What's he going to do? I don't know. He turns 20 in October. So he would technically be eligible to play one more year of juniors. Um, He played USHL this year and he played in the OJHL last year. So we'll see what he decides to do, but just a, a huge, Big uh right shot defender.
0: Absolutely. All right. Next we have Braden Doyle from Northeastern. Uh, you know, 5'11. So, you know, s- seem like in a good range not of height, six I yes. eight, not, <laughs> yeah. not six foot eight,
1: but not six foot eight. A little
0: bit of a set, literally almost an entire foot shorter, but you know, uh not bad. Um, 2019 sixth round pick, uh left shot defenseman.
1: Yeah, this is a player that kind of interesting here looking at his stats because he played like eight games with BU a year ago and then went back to the BCHL and then now this year played for Northeastern. So you kind of see that sort of strange jump sometimes. I know we've talked about it before on the show. If guys go to college, they feel like maybe they're not ready or for whatever reason they end up going back for juniors for a little bit and then end up committing somewhere else. So he actually did that, um, and he's 21 years old now. He's from Massachusetts, 5'11", left shot defender. He played in the USHL for – for a good amount of time and had some some good amount of success there and was a point-per-game player in the BCHL when he went back last year. But it seems like just in the NCAA, he hasn't really found like his point production once he's gone up to that level, like in juniors, he's been able to put up a good amount of points. Like he's been able to do that as a defender, but it just seems like maybe there's another step he needs to be able to take at the NCAA level. Um, So I assume he's going to be back at Northeastern again this fall. He had eight points this year though, so nothing too shabby, but I assume there's still uh, some progress to be made and he can keep going uh, up to the next few levels. Since he's a sophomore, I believe he would only have two years of college hockey left since he did do that, those couple of games at, at BU so I assume he'll be back uh playing college hockey this fall
0: absolutely you would you 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 got to assume it um all right Ben Meehan UMass Lowell six foot left shot defenseman 22 year old from Boston 2020 fifth round pick
1: yeah good amount of defenders on this list here again almost all
0: defenders this is insane
1: there's a, yeah, there's, there's a good amount of them on here, but this guy uh, seems like he's just good defensively. And he's also been able to to put up some points and be really good from, for, for UMass Lowell. And he had his best season actually points wise this year. He had four goals and 13 assists in 34 games and he was a junior at UMass Lowell. So I assume he'll come back. He'll do a senior season this upcoming year and hopefully have his best season yet. He's originally from Boston and played one year in the USHL. Did pretty good there, and uh, he seems like, honestly, a, a, a pretty pretty solid pick, a guy that can put up some points, but is also seems like he's pretty sound defensively, and six foot, so, you know, he's not six foot eight, he's not too tall, but he's also not too short, so seems like he's got uh, a lot to like.
0: That's what you want to see. All right, we got Cole Krieger. Cree, Cree, year. I'm just going to say Cree here. Yeah. Um, he's originally Florida seventh round pick, but his rights were traded to the Kings this past year. Kind of, you know, big shot, you know, big uh, six foot three, almost 200 pound left shot defenseman um, from Michigan state. Now he's playing for the Kings HL team. He's getting up there in age though at 23, but Hey, who knows?
1: He was a guy that was, yeah, seventh-round pick, so kind of one of those seventh-round picks that never really know what they're going to do, but he's done pretty well. He used up his full college eligibility five years at Michigan State, used that extra COVID year, and that actually did him a lot of good. He had his best season this last year. He only had, you know, his first four years he had one goal, then three goals, then two, then four, and then this year he had ten. So I don't know if this year again, too, he was kind of like, you know what, it's my last year, I can play college hockey Gotta do the best I can too. Uh, but he had 10 goals this year. So that was cool. And uh he ended up signing with with the AHL team and uh he had two points in eight games, so he was able to to put up some offense there. His dad uh is Todd, who actually played in the NHL too. So if that last name sounds familiar, he's got some family members who have played hockey. He also has a twin brother who's playing in Bridgeport. AHL, so there's there's quite a few of them, kind of all over the place, and uh, yeah, he seems like a like a player who he jumped into the AHL and, and was able to produce a couple points. So it seems like he was able to adapt to that next level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, we got Jared Wright from Denver, twenty year old from your backyard in Minnesota. Um, you know, now we we finally have uh, uh, we finally have f- uh, forwards we're we're starting to move into the oh, yeah. forward era of this. Um but yeah, 20-year-old from Minnesota, 6 foot 3, a bit lanky, 183, but still 2022 sixth round pick. A lot of late round picks uh going to college here.
1: Yeah, maybe that's uh maybe that's their plan is get some get some college hockey players as the later round picks, but I think this is actually going to be a really good later round pick for a sixth round pick. I thought he had a pretty promising freshman season and there was times when I would watch Denver and I thought he was really good. So I think he's going to end up being Uh, a good player. And he also has good size being six foot three. Again, a lot of players in college take that time in college to kind of bulk up and fill out a little bit. So that's never really a problem. That's kind of what college hockey is for. But I think he has a lot of potential being six foot three and having that good size. And this year, too, he had 12 points and 34 games as a freshman and he had eight goals. So I thought he had pretty, pretty promising stats, especially for a Denver team. That's always pretty deep, pretty hard to get in the lineup. Uh, So I think he's going to be a really fun prospect to have if, if you're a LA Kings fan. And I think he's definitely be definitely going to be a guy who will be in college hockey for a little while, but I think he's going to be a a really good prospect.
0: Absolutely. Um, All right. Now we got Kenny Connors from UMass again, another forward six foot one, uh, center and another sort of later round pick, uh, 2022 fourth round pick, drafted as an overager.
1: This is another uh, guy that had a really promising fr- freshman year, I thought. He had 26 points in 32 games. So that's not uh, very easy to do for a lot of people. And he also played in the, the World Junior Cup, he had two goals. Uh, when he was there. So he's a guy who definitely is a a really good player. He played two years in the USHL. His second year, he was almost a point per game player. So really good. Uh, He's got decent size too, being six foot one, almost 200 pounds. So I think this is another guy that will probably take a a couple years in in NCAA, at least probably, you know, two or three kind of like Jared Wright, but really promising future, I think, and a great player to have in your pipeline.
0: Absolutely. Then we got Jack Hughes. What? I thought he was on the Devils. No, this is the other Jack Hughes. Uh, He's from uh, Northeastern uh, 2022 second round pick. Um, And his brother is Riley Hughes. These Hughes guys, man, like they're just infiltrating hockey and they're totally different families. Uh, His brother is Riley Hughes, who was in uh, New York Rangers pick. Uh, But Jack is a 5'11 center from Massachusetts.
1: Yeah, I think it's just one of those where we talked about the the his brother the other time too, and it's like no, it's not the the main Hughes family, it's mm-hmm. the other Hughes family, but this Hughes family is also really good. So maybe you just you know need to have that last name I guess, and you're destined to be a pretty good hockey player. But yeah, so this is Jack Hughes, but not the Jack Hughes, but a different Jack Hughes, but he's still good. So kind of, kind of interesting there, but he's a guy who played on the the national team uh, a while back and he's in, he's in his sophomore season, just finished it up at Northeastern. He had 16 points in both his freshman and sophomore season. So uh, being being a forward, I've heard he can also play center. I think that he probably could put up a a little bit more point production, maybe uh, just because, you know, he's 16 and 32 is decent, but could probably get that, that next step there. So I assume he's going to be back for, for another year of college hockey here at Northeastern coming up this fall.
0: We will have to wait and see. And then finally we got Alex Laferriere. Uh, No, not Lafreniere in, uh, in New York. I feel like this team is just solely drafting guys to confuse people. Um, But they're not, maybe Uh, Alex Laferriere. He's a forward as well. 21 year old um, from New Jersey. He's a 2020 third round pick.
1: Yeah, he's already playing, or he was playing in in AHL with Ontario after his season ended with Harvard. He only needed two years at Harvard. His freshman year, he was just shy of a point per game, and this year he had over a point per game. He's a guy who everybody has already – Has always known he's going to be really good um, because in the USHL, he had great numbers. He had great numbers in the NCAA. He's just been great at like every level he's played so far. So uh, it's a guy that I'm sure for LA, they're probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets NHL time fairly early next year, just because he's a, he's a really good player he's shown that he can play at like every level and he was a third round pick. So obviously not like those first two rounds, but he was, I think the highest pick on this list of, of pipeline prospects that we had. I think we had a lot of sixth and seventh round picks here. So he's a guy, a lot, a lot of promise. He's shown he can produce it literally every level he's played so far. So it might take some time to develop an AHL, but uh, I assume this is a guy that will probably at some point end up making his way uh, to pro hockey in the NHL.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it would be a pretty crazy twist if Laferriere ended up being better than Lafreniere. Um, That
1: that would be a little crazy. Yeah, that That would would be nuts.
0: And there's (laughs) a decent chance that that happens. So it'd be crazy. But we will have to wait at least until next episode to find out if that happens uh, because we reach end of the show. Sydney, thanks again for doing this. Uh, Go to the hockey slash podcast to listen to old episodes or new episodes or any episodes of um, this podcast and all the other uh, hockey news podcasts. We'll be back next week. Stay safe.